Welcome to the Mind Your OT Business Podcast, where we empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners and others to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura Park Figueroa. Besides burying my business soul on this podcast, I'm also the founder and CEO of Outdoor Kids OT. I'm the creator of the Contigo Approach to Nature-Based Pediatric Therapy and a business coach for pediatric therapists who want to start and grow profitable nature-based practices. While my niche is nature-based practice, this podcast is all about what it takes to grow a successful business as a helping professional, no matter where you work or what niche you're in. The business principles are the same. So are you ready to take action? Let's jump in. Hi, friend. Happy New Year. It is 2022, January 3rd of 2022 at the time of this recording. And this is my annual episode where I do my year in review. This year, I've gotten super nitty gritty with the numbers to share with you a little more detail, actually, that I have in past years about income in my business and the revenue goals that we had and how we did meet them. Yay. And also I'm going to review briefly my goals that I had for 2021 and the goals that I have in 2022. I want you to know that I share these goals and these numbers with you so that you can feel not alone in running your business. Now, I don't know what anyone thinks of these numbers. So I don't know if you're listening to this as a multi-million dollar business owner and thinking, oh my gosh, she's so small peanuts compared to what I do. Or if you're brand new starting out and you're totally amazed by my numbers. I really don't share these numbers to for any other reason really than to let you behind the scenes of a business. I feel like too often we do not talk about real numbers in our businesses. So I hope that it is helpful to you and that it can encourage you or help you feel good about yourself maybe. (laughs) And, And that's it. Okay, so let's dive in. I am going to share my goals first, and hopefully that will just be a brief five, 10 minute part of the podcast, and then we'll get into numbers. And I am going to share with you what my numbers and goals are for next year as well. So every year I say this on this episode that I do, that I really believe that more almost than any other thing you can do in life, entrepreneurship should be holistic, right? So as entrepreneurs, we're creating our businesses to serve us as well as serve others. And so when I talk about goals every year, I talk about my personal goals as well, because I believe that entrepreneurship is kind of a way of life and that we should be holistic in the way we look at entrepreneurship. So for 2021, now, if you didn't listen to last year's episode, it was pretty funny because, you know, I was reviewing my 2020 goals, which almost none of them were met because of COVID. So 2021 goals were a little more realistic, friend. (laughs) But for 2021, my physical goal was to move every day. That is a very basic principle that I incorporated into my life. I'd say I think it's been about three years now. I started it in 2019. And it's been really, really helpful for me in having a healthy attitude around exercise and movement. And a 
lot of this is being in touch with what my body needs and what I enjoy. I will say that in 2021, we moved across the country in April from California to Wisconsin. And so I did have a few days that I slacked off and did not exercise. (laughs) But in general, what I try to do is do a workout, a structured workout like at the gym. And I'll talk more about that in a minute, three days a week, and then move my body two days a week. And then on the weekends, I do whatever I feel like doing, whatever I enjoy doing. Sometimes that's something rigorous. If I feel like going for a run or if I feel like going for a vigorous hike, I will do that. Sometimes it's just a short walk in the woods or a short walk with a friend. That has been my routine for the last three years, and it has served me really well. Now, something I am changing this year, which if you know me, you will be like surprised that I stopped going to CrossFit in October. I went for four years, three days a week, super consistently. I feel really strong. And where I live right now is just not convenient to go to the CrossFit gym. Now, I won't say that if a gym opened near me that I thought was a great place to go, there are some near me that I don't really love, honestly, that I tried. And I think if one opened near me, I might do CrossFit again. But right now, what I have done is joined a Pilates studio. And it has been really, really good for me. I am a type A person and I think doing Pilates is a little bit like CrossFit combined with yoga. I just feel relaxed after I go, but also like I did some good, it's really weightlifting, right? With body movements. So that's been good for me. So I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to go to Pilates three days a week, hike two days a week and do what I want on the weekends. So that's my goal for 2022, move every day. My spiritual goal for last year was to reflect every day. And I literally completely forgot about this goal. I think this year I need to write my goals down on a like whiteboard or something in front of me. I did not do this. I mean, I prayed and I go to church and stuff like that, but like I really didn't make a habit of reflecting every day or journaling every day. I did not do this. I did not meet this goal, y'all. <laughs> in 2022, what I would really love to do is take a spiritual retreat, like go away. Um, there's a I think it's a Dominican retreat center near my house here in Wisconsin. It's really only a few miles away, but it feels like another world. It's on hundreds of acres of land. It's really beautiful. I want to go away and actually take time away to rest and retreat at least once. I think that would be a good goal for me. I love my work, and so it's hard for me to stop working and slow down. And so that is something that I want to do. Nature connection goal is something I always do. Um, My nature connection goal for 2021 was to do one backpacking trip, at least one backpacking trip. And I did that. I went with my son to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan in August of last year, and we did 25 miles in three days. He did awesome. He was 10 years old when we did it. He carried a pack the whole way. It was very flat because it's Michigan, so it was pretty easy hiking, but it was long. It was lots of mileage, and he did great. And then in 2022, this coming year, I want to do one backpacking trip. I had another trip scheduled with a friend in California, and that didn't happen. So maybe this year I will reschedule that trip because hopefully fire season will not cancel the trip like it did last year. I also, for nature connection goal, like just to spend time in nature every day. I want to do that even just for five minutes. 
just to be outdoors, I think is really healing for me and really good for me and really a nice balance to all of the work that I do that I love so much. Last year, my relational goals, I had some relational goals for my family. I wanted to be more affectionate to my husband because I tend to be very non-affectionate and very rational. And I also wrote down that I wanted to not criticize my kids as much. I'll confess, totally forgot about these goals too, y'all. This is an example of how I think at the beginning of the year when we're doing a reflection on a podcast, for example, we can say things, but then if we don't have them in front of us year round, like keep them in front of us, it's so easy to forget that we even set the goals. So I didn't even remember that I set these goals, honestly. I will say I do think I did better with showing affection to Jose. We moved to Wisconsin to be near his family. And I think that that in and of itself has just been really good for our marriage and for our relationship. He's just so happy to be near his family. And I think that has just really benefited our family as well to be with the grandparents, the cousins, the aunts and uncles. It's just been really great. So not criticizing my kids. Mm, don't know if I did well on that one. Maybe that should be a goal for 2022 too. <laughs> All right, let's move on to educational goals. I had this audacious educational goal to finish my PhD research by December of 2021, and there was no way that that could have happened. I actually think that I recorded the last episode last year where I did this review before we even decided to move to Madison. And so a cross-country move just really threw off my plans for my PhD. So that goal is going to be rebooted this year. And I do hope that by the end of 2022, I will finish my PhD. My proposal, which is what you write to propose research that you want to do, is into the IRB committee, which is the Institutional Review Board at Texas Women's University, where I'm doing my PhD. And the research should be approved and able to start by the end of January. And I plan to finish writing my dissertation and hopefully graduate by December of 2022 which will have been four and a half years since I started. So whew, it's been a long road, y'all. I have thought about quitting many times <laughs> this PhD, but I'm going to do an episode in the future. A lot of people ask me about a doctorate and how it supports or maybe isn't needed for entrepreneurship. And I have so many thoughts on that. I have an episode slated to talk all about that in the future. It'll probably come out, I don't know, February or March this year, 2022. Okay, let's get into the business goals. Those are all like my life goals. Last year in 2021, I had the goal to do the online summit, which was the OT Entrepreneur Summit, which was an event I hosted with Trish Williams online in May of 2020. And we did hold it online in May of 2021. Um, we also did, which was not in my business goals last year and just sort of happened, <laughs> an in-person event in November of 2021. We did the OT Entrepreneur Summit live. And I will talk more about that when I talk about my numbers. The other goals I had for last year for 2021 were to have two of the Contigo Approach online courses, two cohorts for the Contigo Approach courses, which is the nature-based therapy approach that I've developed. We have an online course that teaches therapists how to get outdoors in nature with children. It has a bunch of evidence and a bunch of tools and resources for you, assessments. So much is included in that course. So we had a, a goal to do that twice. 
And then I had a goal to do two cohorts for my Business Bedrocks group coaching program, which helps therapists set up automated systems in their businesses for future growth and scaling. We also had a goal to launch our nature-based therapy resources, which we have. So one of the goals I also had was to move away from individual coaching. Now, I will say I did all of those things. I held the summit. We launched the nature-based resources once. We held two Contigo online courses. I held two Business Better X programs. And I only have two individual clients left that I'm doing individual coaching with. And that's mostly just because I really love them and don't want to stop doing that. But I do not see therapists for individual coaching anymore. And in fact, I'm niching my practice even further to work only with nature-based pediatric therapists. And I'll talk more about that in a bit and the fear around that. But <laughs> but I did all of those things. And I also will say that I'm really, really tired at the end of this year, like almost even more tired than I was at the end of 2020. Now, some of that is because hosting a live event that was really challenging to do kind of kicked me in the butt and beat me up a lot. <laughs> like I just I just am so exhausted at the end of this year. And so I have plans in 2022 to really really focus on streamlining and kind of taking all of these things that I offer in my work, these digital resources that we have for nature-based therapists, the Contigo online course, the business coaching and all of that, and just take that and make that into a streamlined kind of system for nature-based pediatric therapists. So I have a lot of sadness and a lot of fear of missing out in niching to a very narrow audience because I really love doing business coaching. And I have a lot of fear over, are there going to be enough people? Is this really going to go? Is this going to work? Because what I'm doing is creating a membership site, essentially, that'll host a lot of these things together. And yet, I'm also really excited because the tiredness that I feel, the exhaustion that I feel right now is because I have for a very long time been serving two different audiences. I have the OT Entrepreneurs Group on Facebook, which I will be giving up soon. I'm finding, I'm interviewing some people for moderating it next week. And I'm going to be giving that up. And I'm going to keep doing the podcast, but focus all of my paid services on nature-based therapists. So I'm excited about that because I love nature-based therapists, but I just can't do it all. And I, I want you all to know that this is a, this is just, the reality of of business is that you cannot serve two ideal clients really well. It 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 complicates your business so much to do that and it's just my business is so complex because of that. And there's overlap between the two groups, but my business is I, I need to streamline or else I am going to burn out even though I love 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 the work I do. It's just it's too much to manage. It like gets confusing in my brain how to serve everyone well and so yeah. All right. So I already am saying things that I want to go back and re-record, but I'm not going to. I'm going to forge ahead and just let you see my real insecurities here, everyone. <laughs> so I, in 2022, again, my focus is streamlining. And so what, what we are doing to streamline in my business is all this fall. Now, I made the decision to niche my, my business coaching services in August of last year. But because I was working on the OT Entrepreneur Summit live event all fall, I was not able to 
do that on my social media platforms. I wasn't able to really niche down to nature-based therapists. So right now, what I am working on is really, really getting laser focused on that. And what I've been working on is we're scaling the Contigo approach course. So basically my course, which teaches any pediatric therapist how to take their work outdoors in nature with children. So that could be mental health counselors, PTs, OT speech therapists, anyone who works with children who have developmental needs. Now that Contigo course is going to be sold through an evergreen webinar. It's going to be open all the time for enrollment. It's not going to be like you have to buy it at this specific time, right? So it's going to be open all the time for enrollment, which enables people to access the course when they want to access the course. Everybody gets lifetime access, so they get lifetime access to updates and everything. So that's going to be sold through an evergreen webinar, which I worked all fall setting up the webinar, the email automations all around that, and the registration page and the funnels and the deadline timers and all these things that go into selling a course using an evergreen type of model. Um, You may have heard me talk on previous podcasts that I'm in a group coaching program that is very, very expensive (laughs) and very worth it to help me do that effectively. So when I found that program, it's called Scale with Success with Caitlin Batcher. When I found that program, I knew that this was the program for me because I had been trying to figure out how to scale my business. And because I had the course already done, it was a proven model. People had already given feedback. I was able to take that course and then scale it using this evergreen model. So what will happen then is that will be now it still needs to be managed by me. It doesn't nothing is ever perfectly automated in your business. You still have to manage things, right? But that will be more on a little bit more autopilot being sold through the Evergreen webinar that will be up and running 24-7 with people able to access it and buy it whenever they want to. And then I will provide the live coaching for people that buy that course on quarterly calls that we do. So that's going to continue. There's still a live element. And then when people take that course, What the goal is going to be is to invite them into the Therapy in the Great Outdoors Collective, which is a membership site that includes my Business Bedrocks program, group coaching, resources for nature-based practice, all of the things in my business that are kind of then bundled into one one place so that I am simplifying where I spend my time. I have been working and putting out a lot of free content for a long time. And what I want to do in this next year is really focus on giving people extreme value who are in my programs, who want to come into this Contigo Collective or have taken the, I mean, the the um, Therapy in the Great Outdoors con- Collective or who have taken the Contigo course. So I'm really trying to focus on serving nature-based therapists really well. So, okay, that was a long story. My focus is on streamlining everything this year. All right, let's get into numbers. I said that was going to be five or 10 minutes. Let's see what time I'm at. Oh, I'm at 20 minutes. I'm just going to forge ahead because, you know, I'm not going to re-record this. Love ya. And you can just hear my real self and how much I talk. (laughs) All right, here we are. My financial goals last year were to get one investment property by the end of the year. I wanted to learn about investing in real estate. 
And my husband and I kind of did that by accident because we rented out our California house and moved to Wisconsin and bought a house here. So we also, however, are under contract for another investment property here in Madison that we are purchasing as a rental. So by the end of 2022, I want to own one more. So by the end of 2022, I want to own three investment properties. I also want to hit 500K in revenue in my business and pay myself 150K next year. So let's get into the numbers in my business and I'll explain how I'm planning to do that. So I will say I have a note here to tell you that I rounded some of these numbers for ease of reporting because it just it gets confusing when you're saying $255 and 2 cents or whatever. So I some of these numbers are rounded. So please don't sit here with a calculator and tell me I missed $1000 or something like some of them are rounded just for ease of reporting. So for reference, in 2019 my business made a uh, total revenue of 161k we had 32k in profit and i paid myself $32,000 in 2020 we had 174k gross but then 147k after refunds because of covid i paid myself 58k in salary and we had a we had 8k left over which was a 5% profit margin now here are my numbers from 2021 I had a revenue goal of $250,000. We exceeded that by almost $25,000. We had total revenue of $274,255.02. That's exactly. We ended 2022 with $49,755 in the bank. We had profit of 16K. That was what I set aside for profit. So that's part of that 40, 50 grand that we had left in the bank total payroll. Now this includes my payroll. This will show you how expensive it is to run a therapy practice business, right? And I don't even have a clinic, you guys, because I I have an outdoor practice, right? So the total payroll in the business, which includes my pay as well as an employee in my business, I'm an S corporation. The total payroll was 130 roughly $134,000. Employee payroll was $54,000 of that. Now that doesn't sound like that much, right? That sounds like, oh, Laura's still making good amount of money. Well, I only have four people that work in my business and they work very, very part-time hours. They work three to eight hours per week. So I'm looking at a payroll there of less than one full-time equivalent, right? My business is tiny. I'm, I'm telling you this because well, because I can't let it go that someone at the summit said, I didn't think your numbers were that impressive. And I'm like, well, I'm not trying to impress you. <laughs> I can't let it go, you guys. It like eats at me. I need to let it go. I need to like get over. I'll I'll work on my mindset after I record this and then I'll, yeah. Anyway, so I'm not, again, not sharing numbers to impress you, sharing numbers so you have something to compare against, all right? Payroll will eat up a large amount of your overall revenue, okay? I have a very small business and these numbers might be very different than what your numbers will be if you have 10 full-time employees. Your numbers are going to be huge, right? I want to say again that to encourage you all as we talk about numbers that what matters in your business is profitability. It, It really, your total revenue, I hate to say it, but it's a little bit irrelevant, honestly. Like you could be a million dollar practice and you could not be profitable, right if you if you are bringing in a million dollars but you are spending more than a million dollars your business is not profitable so i don't really care 
how much money you make in your practice. What I care about is profit. I care that you're saving money in your business and that you are actually paying yourself and your people well. So that's what I want you to think about when you think about these numbers, okay? Not the total revenue like, oh, 275000 that's not that much money. Or really what I want you to think about is the profit numbers. Keeping money for profit. If you have not read Profit First yet by Mike Michalowicz, please go read it. Okay. Let's see. So payroll was 54k. Taxes on payroll was 13k just on that just on that um, employee payroll. So I think this is another important point that I want to make is that therapists often think that their hourly rate should be more, right? And I want you to know as the business owner when I'm people I'm talking to on this podcast are business owners. Um, you might be an employee listening to this, but if you ever run a business, you'll understand that the money that you pay people actually is just a small portion of the cost of employing them. I'm talking about employees, not independent contractors. Independent contractors are often paid more. I'm going to get into this in a future episode. I have an accountant coming on to talk with me about some of these issues um, because it really frustrates me. There's a lot of confusion in the marketplace and in our profession around pay and the difference between employees and independent contractors and what is fair pay and what an employer pays and all of that. So if you are an entrepreneur and you're running a business and you have an employee, when you do the math for what you can afford to pay them, you need to add like 25% really to be sure that you can afford them to whatever their hourly rate is or to whatever their salary is, because that is just reality. You are spending, you are paying a lot of taxes that as an independent contractor, they would pay for themselves. So if an employee gets paid $50 an hour, then I'm going to budget really more like 70 an hour, maybe even set. Well, then that would be half. That would be 50%. So if an employee gets paid $50 an hour, 10% 10% of that is $5, 20% of that would be $10, and 25% of that would be $12.50. Okay, so really I'm going to look at around $62.50 or $65 bucks I, might, I might use for easy math to kind of do some rough budgeting before I go to hire someone. So I just want to be really clear on this because there's a lot of talk online about really it's it's a lot of new graduates post on social media about how I should get paid what I'm worth. I should get paid more and all of this. And yes, I, I want therapists to get paid a fair wage for having a degree and a license and a skill that offers huge value to a business, right? But the reality is that in, I'm, I'm reading Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich right now. And one of the things he says in that book is that people don't get paid for what they know. They get paid for what they do with what they know. And so you can know a ton, but if you don't, if you don't execute, right, if you don't actually have the skill to execute it, that's, that's different. Okay. So I want us to, I, I, if you're a new grad listening to this and you've heard some of that stuff on social media about demanding to get paid what you're worth, I want you to hear me say that if you demand unrealistic pay from an employer that is not in alignment with your skill level and your experience, you won't get the job. A, an employer will be offended. So I think there is a balance here with like knowing what is realistic for a business to pay, as well as knowing how to negotiate to get the most for whatever level you are at in 
your career. So I just, sorry, that was a soapbox. I'm going to get off of it now and go on with numbers because this episode is getting way too long and I'm not going to re-record this episode, even though I'm already sitting here thinking, I have said things that I should not say and maybe I should hit stop and redo this, but I'm not going to. True, true transparency here, y'all. All right. My pay, my pay for the year was a total with my bonuses, what I took home total after taxes with my bonuses and my salary. So I take bonuses out of the business because of Profit First. In in the Profit First system, in the book by Mike Michalowicz, he talks about you set aside a certain amount for profit and every quarter the owner takes half of that profit for themselves as a bonus, okay? So my total bonuses for the year totaled 27,000 roughly. And my total pay for the year totaled about 56K. So in total, I took home about $83,000. And again, I'm working part-time in the business. Everyone remember this, please. Like I am doing a PhD. And so there are weeks where I'm not working full-time in the business. So I feel like that is a good salary. And next year, I'm, I really want to scale and I really want to double that take-home number actually. So I do want to talk a little bit around that question about pay. I had a note here to share with you all that I struggle a little bit with sharing my pay on the podcast because, well, I don't know any other person who (laughs) shares it publicly, but I struggle because I have employees that may listen to this podcast. And I feel, honestly, I will be honest that I feel a little quote unquote guilt. Now I say quote unquote because that's false guilt because I don't pay any of them 80 something dollars an hour, which is what this amounts to if I figure I worked about 20 hours a week with two weeks off. Now I might've worked less than that. So maybe I'm paying myself $100 an hour. But should employees make more than the owner of the business? Like unless they're doing the CEO tasks, right? Like maybe you hire someone to be the CEO of your business. I should not feel guilty and neither should you paying yourself more than what you pay employees to provide a service in your business. Again, it's not about what you know, it's about what you do with what you know, okay? Business owners take on a huge risk. It is on you to make the business successful. And generally in life, like even in investing, higher risk usually gets higher rewards, okay? So that's that's a big thing that uh, there was a big mind shift for me. Mike Michalowicz talks about this in the Profit First book that a business owner should be compensated for taking the risk of starting a business. It is on you to make that business successful and you should be compensated for taking that risk. So I hope my employees never leave. I want to pay them as much as I can possibly pay them, but also I am not being honest if I don't say I'm a little nervous sharing this because I think a lot of CEOs or a lot of owners of businesses won't share what they make publicly, maybe for for risk of of feeling like they're going to be judged or whatever. So I guess I'm opening myself up to judgment here. But but I, I, again, I want to share with you because I want you to know just what I'm doing in hopes that maybe it gives you something to kind of think about and to decide how you want to do things in your own business. All right, let's see. Let's go into a little bit of detail just at the end here. Um, I want to go into a little bit of detail about where the revenue sources came from, because this is another thing with paying employees to give you some perspective, right? 
So of our total revenue, which was around 275, I'll just say that for ease of math or 274, whatever it was. Let me look back here. 274. Yeah, it was just over 274. So our total revenue was 274. And the total income from therapy services was 137. So less than half of our income was from direct therapy services. Okay. The other half of our income was from work that I did in the business, which was the online coaching, the sale of online products, the book that I've written that sold on Amazon, private coaching I did, affiliate sales, the OT Summit in May. Now, the OT Entrepreneur Summit Live in November was a, at this point in time, $25,000 loss for my business. So this may go even further next year because of contractual obligations that we had. So I may have to pay even more next year. But basically, like the income breakdown, right, when you look at it, less than half of our total income is therapy services, which makes sense that the payroll would be so low in my practice and that that the revenue being produced by the therapist is where the total amount of pay that you can pay the therapist would be coming from. Okay, so I, I'm, I feel like I'm not explaining this right. So what I'm trying to say is when you are working on the budget in your business and when you are looking at where revenue comes from, you have to make sure that that revenue source actually is profitable because you want every revenue source in your business to be profitable. For me personally, the way I'm going to be setting up my business in the future, which is, is happening this month, we're getting this all set up, the therapy business is actually gonna become its own business and the online business is gonna become its own business so that we can split out revenue and, and expenses more clearly in the business. There's a lot of complicated reasons we had to do that too because I moved out of state and so it, it is from a tax perspective, it makes sense for me to do that because I live in Wisconsin and my practice is in California and California taxes like crazy. So the strategy that I'm using tax-wise is to take the therapy business as its own little separate business and run it at like a break-even and run all the online business through the Wisconsin new business that I'll be setting up and run all the online business through that so that so that I don't pay California taxes on all that online um, revenue. So that'll save me some in taxes. I'm having an accountant help me set that up right now. So, okay, so that's it. That's where all the revenue came from. For financial goal setting for 2022, I will admit, you can probably tell as I've been doing this podcast that I have not done my strategic planning for 2022 yet. Um, my goal is to do that by February 1st. I'm working in a little more relaxed pace than I used to in the past due to the second two quarters of 2021 just putting me through the ringer and making me tired. So I'm trying to just work at a relaxed pace here. So my strategic plan is not done yet for this year, and it's January 3rd, and that's okay. <laughs> it will get done by the end of the month. So we're working on the things that we need to work on. So my financial goal for 2022 is, as I said before, to do 500K revenue in the business. Now, I actually think that I, I want to do a million. That would be really great. But to do that when I mapped out like what that would require with 
therapy groups, with scaling the online businesses, it just feels really overwhelming to me. So I'm going to aim for 500K, which is almost a doubling, a little less than doubling our revenue from this year with the goal of 2023 scaling to a million. So what that means is that we will basically break out the revenue sources. And this is what you can do when you do your strategic planning and you plan for revenue goals is to actually break out what does that look like? Write out what it would look like. So if I want to make $500,000, work backwards from that and figure out how many therapy services do you need to provide? How many people do you need in your online program? How much do you need from this revenue source, from that revenue source, et cetera, et cetera. So map it all out in just rough numbers, okay? I do a lot of decision-making in my business based on simple math with like rough numbers with conservative estimates. So when I have done the mapping of what we could make next year, Basically, if we had 10 groups for OT, outdoor kids OT groups in my practice, if we had 10 groups, that would amount to a little more than $200,000 total. Now, to do 10 groups, we're going to need to hire someone. And that is something that I will need to write into my strategic plan and make sure that I have the staffing capacity and the the admin support to be able to hire and train someone if we want to run more groups next year. Currently, we have um, six groups going. So that would be a significant addition of more revenue in therapy services. So that would bring in about 200, a little over 200, 213 I had written. Now, in the online business, if we get 100 therapists enrolled in the Contigo Approach online course. Now, I feel like that's an an accurate number that I could hit. That would be another $200,000 in income. And if I can get 100 members in the Therapy in the Great Outdoors Collective, so that would be another 250, a little over $250,000. So that's how I do the math, right? You heard 200, 200, 250, which equals... 650,000. So that that would hit my five that would ex- far exceed actually my $500,000 revenue goal. So that's just an example of how you can take a revenue goal and then figure out how your revenue streams are going to actually help you meet that goal. Now, if you map that out like I did where I see 100 students in the Contigo course and 100 members in the collective I look at that and I'm like, wow, like I, the business is going to need so many new systems and structures in place to serve that many people. I really don't know that we're going to do that. We might need to adjust our numbers downward and really aim more for that 500, you know, 500 number rather than the six in the sixes. So that's it. To do a million, you want to hear what a million would be? I did the math on this. So a million would be if we just had the 10 groups for outdoor kids OT. So that would still be about two. 213,000 in total revenue for treatment, but it would require to make a million would require 200 students in my online course, the Contigo Approach online course, and then 150 people in the collective. That would make us, that would hit us over a million dollars. Now, I just don't know if that's feasible. We'll have to see how this year goes. You know, I have no data on how all of this will go when I scale the course to be launched and and be running on an evergreen model and then also when I'm running this membership site. So, oh, I don't know. We'll see. 
someday I'm, I'm really hoping by 2023 to hit a million dollars. But next year, I think that would be a little bit that would be very ambitious. So I think I'll stay with the 500,000 goal next year. So we'll see in my strategic plan what I kind of map out. Okay. Whoa, that was a lot. I thought this was going to be a 20-minute episode, and here we are at 45 minutes. I hope that this has been helpful to you. I hope that you have learned something about goal setting, about strategic planning, about setting revenue goals, about just the numbers in business, man. This stuff is, the more we can talk about this, the better, because it will help all of us be more successful. If you haven't heard me talk about abundant mind, abundance mindset before and my like annoyance with it, <laughs> but I'm trying to embrace it, I think that it's thrown around. The reason that I get annoyed by it is that it's thrown around in entrepreneurship spaces. Like it's really easy like to all just have this spirit of abundance. Like there's enough for everyone. And I think really that most people struggle with it. I think we resonate with the desire to want to have that feeling of abundance and have that feeling of like collaboration with others. But we really struggle with the actual practice of it. And the reason I bring this up is because it really is something that I want to lean into in this year is this idea of abundance that there is so much money, time, energy, freedom in the world that we can all be successful. Every one of us, there there are enough people in the world for every one of us to be successful in our businesses, whether we're in the exact same niche or not. You're not going to resonate with every single person and maybe someone else will, and that's okay. So I'm leaning into that concept this year, even though in the past that concept has, I think, just annoyed me because people throw it around and it's very trendy. And if anything's trendy, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like against it because I'm an Enneagram 8. And so I want to challenge the norm for things. So that's the only reason why I was trying to think of a new word instead of abundance, but I can't because it's a word that means so much, like so much is there. Like it's abundant, everything for you, waiting for you and leaning into that and really believing it and going for your goals um, in a spirit of collaboration. So I am leaning into that this year, and I will talk more about that, I'm sure, in future episodes. So stay tuned for that. So as I always say, take a small step because small steps make great gains over time. So until next time, mind your OT business.